You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to the Watch Along Critical Commentary Podcast, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, where much of Riverdale is shot. That is true. All of those things are true. You know, Ryan, you called me in about the order that we named the nations a few weeks ago, and I think I keep doing it wrong, so I'm so Perhaps. happy that you're here. It is, it is MST, uh, okay. Musqueam, Squamish, and Slaywatoof, and that's the, the, um, the order decided by those nations. They decided on a neutral alphabetical order. Okay. Uh, given that those are three nations that share ter- the territory uh, n- taken over for Vancouver, which yeah. our city purchases upon. Our city purchase. Um, yeah, I don't think this was the episode either of us were expecting. Not remotely, and huh. So time <laughs> travel, but also American history, and also God yeah, is real? I, f- I feel very ill-equipped to talk about a lot of the civil rights stuff in this episode. Of course. So I'm yes. going to not. Um, uh, I will say, though, one thing I didn't love is that, um, all of the racists have been kind of magicked to be racists. Mm, mm-hmm. The, the, the leaders of the worst racial violence were the sorcerer man at all these points in history. Yeah, and I, I just feel like it kind of lets racists off the hook, you know? Yeah, there's certainly a charlatan component to, say, clan organizers, but, um... Mm. Yeah, we're going to have to see how Fred, uh, not Fred, how Alice and Frank and our other um, on the wrong side history of Riverdalians do. Yeah, that's the thing is that I, what I'm curious to find out is if at the end of this um, Percival plotline we find out that he didn't really have to do much convincing. Oh yeah, I, I fully believe that to be an important point we're circling around. I hope so. I'm, I really hope so because I think I'm it's... I'm counting on it. it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, this is the episode um, we got what we asked for, I guess, a few years ago. A few years ago. Yeah, on just like including black perspectives and stories... Oh, sure. If you're going to center yes. your black characters. I thought you were specifically talking about plotline for Tabitha, and I was like, is Tabitha's character well, that old? In, in oh. I kind of am, um, in a lot of ways. Tabitha is at the core of um, this beat of Riverdale storytelling, and her role and the role of Pops as a place, as a set... Um, you know, that's been there since the beginning of the show, but Tabitha's connection to that has been building for a couple of seasons now. And um, That's true, yeah. It, it struck me, uh, reflecting on this episode, that um, although Vanessa Morgan was was one of our, mo- our most vocal um, proponents of uh, more diverse storytelling and experiences and lenses in these stories, um, I'm delighted that, I hope we are, that, Tony is continuing to ta- tell Tony's story. Mm. Tabitha, who came in a couple years ago, Tabitha from the very beginning was following a very interesting journey of a, a young black business owner with a heritage business, with a community and cultural role and legacy. Right, yeah. Like, the, the character was more written up to, mm-hmm. to be grounded in reality. Yes, and this kind of this aspect of reality that they were called out on missing, yeah. <clears throat> I, I I think I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's 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 certainly an episode. I think the thing that I struggled with in this episode is that each um, uh, time we go back in time. Mm-hmm. It just felt too quick. Like, it felt like they could have each been their own episode, basically. Oh, right, right, right. And I think that was... Honestly, I think that was the biggest struggle I had with the episode. I don't know how Mm -hmm, they could have done mm -hmm. it differently, honestly. Yeah, the kind of four four parts breakdown. Almost like a little mini TV five act where we have intro, event, 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 wrap up. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, it felt really, really quick to me. Um, right. So a few weeks, a few episodes ago, I mentioned, um, I guess that is also a few weeks ago, I mentioned <laughs> the book uh, War in Heaven by Charles Williams, one of the Inklings. Uh, he has, um, his work is pretty anti-Semitic, pretty Islamophobic um, in all of the ways that would appear subtle but are not <laughs> um and um what the reason i bring that up again is because this is strikingly similar to the plot of war in heaven <laughs> i'm intrigued this book that i have never heard of a read that is hopefully losing authorial relevance I, I i i think <laughs> me and my father are the only two people i've met who've hmm. read charles williams um, and I haven't met myself, obviously. My father is the only other person I know who's actually read Charles Williams. Um, he he basically wrote Christian supernatural thrillers. Mm -hmm. And the angels in Riverdale remind mm -hmm. me so much of the angel in War in Heaven. It's really uncanny. And I don't know if there's just some tropes there that, that uh, Aguirre Sacasa and Charles mm -hmm. Williams are both making use of. Right. But this is like two... Like, this is too Christian supernatural thriller for it to be a coincidence <laughs> to, for me. Yes, yes. I see that. I See, despite the flaws of this book, now you and I maybe have to go back and review this noise. I might, Not I you, gang. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> I might have a copy somewhere in this. I have a lot of books that I keep because they were given to me and not because... <laughs> Not because I bought them myself. Or because you like them? Well, I read War in Heaven when I was um, less analytical of the world, I'm yeah. sorry to say. Um, <laughs> so I probably enjoyed it when I read it. I'll, I'll own that. Um, but um, I, I'm looking at my mm. bookshelf and I don't see it. So I don't know where it's gone. So I'm, I was reminded heavily of Umbrella Academy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that oh, show. Oh, yeah. I love Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, keen for the third season uh, gearing up real soon. But um, certainly the second season. The, the big old time jump second season. And um, it also has an insert character into a major civil rights movement with modern perspectives and lived experience beat in particular. Allison is, you know. Yeah, I did. I did think a lot about the Allison character yeah. on. Um, um, I was called it Stranger Things. Oh God, <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Um, mm -hmm. in this episode as well. In fact, I even think they did Tabitha's hair a little like they did. Not dissimilarly. Yeah, it but might just be the, I, the I convention think, of the era. I really don't know that much about the history of hairstyles. Yeah, I think no. <laughs> I think no small part is the like limited limits of what we call period now. <laughs> There's a sure. period look. Um, yeah. I did like the visiting of more Riverdale periods. Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, I noticed that we have such a like thickly woven supporting cast of um, Joneses and Andrewses and Cooperses. And um, I have to wonder if somewhere there isn't a massive chart of everyone's Riverdale family going back like eight generations, so they keep this stuff clear. Oh, or like if they care I, enough. I wonder if they're. I wonder if at least Aguirre Sacasa has like a. I wonder how hardcore D and D he is about <laughs> the world that he's created. You know what I mean? Yes, if he's the kind of nerd who builds his own encyclopedia entries. Yeah, that I do wonder about that. I've, I've collaborated on one project with people who do D&D, &D, and one of the questions I got in a workshop was, well, do you know if this happened on a Monday or a Tuesday or something like that? And I was like, mm. this is a <laughs> this is a different type of creative than I am. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but it's like made up languages, yes. Made up maps, yes. The actual date that something occurred, I don't. I don't, I can't help you. I had to think of one. Anyway, it's not the point. The point is, um, <laughs> the point is, I wonder um, how deep down that particular mm -hmm. rabbit hole the creators of this show have gone. They, Do get, they have a book. Somewhere? They gave me the impression that they've got some scaffolding this episode, just in the amount of details they pulled out and leaned upon and built upon. Um, also, Keller family. Rough. Yeah. Looking rough, Kellers. That was the other thing I was reflecting on when we watched this um, episode, and I think I mentioned this either last week or the week before. This show has gone from 
the cops are the good guys to the cops are the bad guys. So hard. Very hard. Thanks, y'all, for coming on that journey with us. (laughs) It's a very very, um, definitive swing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? It was good. In, In the past, they've acknowledged the ineffectiveness of their infrastructures but we really true, we really in this plot have leaned lent into the insidious use of force and force structures for violence yeah and i'm curious about i'm 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 curious about what the cops are like specifically in small towns because i really mm. don't know i only really know about the cops in the in the context of a big city mm-hmm. and if there is a difference and i i'm 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 speaking from ignorance yes. here i don't know well i think um i think there is such a variety of models of policing that it's really impossible to to have a a any, to look for any kind of standards, especially, um, like, I know the model of, of elected sheriffs through parts of the middle U.S. is very different than places with um, municipal police, whereas in Canada, we mostly have RCMP, a federal organization who oh, does yeah. policing in small communities That's that uh, mostly don't have their own department. So where I grew up policing was a really wild dynamic of a bunch of NP, uh, RCMP who come from somewhere else who are who are assigned here for a while. Oh wow! It's very it's a that very is, that is stark. A really, that is a very different energy than yeah, Vancouver at any rate. Local sheriff is definitely not a concept. Um, but again, mm. that's a Canadian rule reality that is not remotely uh, the same in the U.S. Yeah, or at least certainly not the version of the U.S. that's in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so fascinating. Thanks for sharing, Ryan. Big enough for an FBI detachment. Yeah. Not big enough to have more than one cop. <laughs> yeah. It varies. Riverdale is a nebulous place. How big is Betty's staff? Like six people, eight people? <laughs> I wonder if there are small towns in the United States that generate enough mm. enough interest for the FBI that they have a six-person detachment mm. in a small town. They've got to exist. I'm curious now. I mean, I can imagine as regional detachments. Um, like, yeah, if the Riverdale fair. detachment were covering the greater um, Riverdale state area, if you will. Sure. sure. Well, like, we real the, we estate's cheap. County. We got the county name for the first time ever. Oh, we did, and Governor Rock, Dooley. Rockland County. Well, we knew about Governor Dooley. But yeah. We're never going to get Governor the state somewhere. name, I'm sure. But Rockland County. Rockland County. Fascinating. Um, uh, One thing I will say about this show is because of the way it presents American institutions, Mm -hmm. I find myself wanting to know more about American institutions than I do. And I would say Mm -hmm. I know a medium Mm -hmm. amount. But, like, now I want to know if there's an FBI detachment in every sort of region of a certain number of people in the United States. Right. The strange amorphous reality of Riverdale has us, like, asking questions about what is reality? Yeah. (laughs) Or is inspiring us to learn, let's say that. Yeah. Learning motivation. Um, I did think it was fun that uh, Sprouse, Morgan, and then Reinhardt all got to play an angel. Um, if that has very, to happen, at least they had fun. Yeah, very different energy than like, um, oh, Clarence in It's Wonderful Life. Yes, yes. Who's very affable and does intervene a couple of times. Yeah, the kind of sad, jaded angel who's sad he has to watch. And, but then, well, he's not that but then jaded, intervenes. I think, Clarence. Clarence is like very, very innocent, I, I thought. But he also, Clarence's powers are limited too, though, because he, I find angel rules in stories really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like it really runs the gamut from Clarence, Mm -hmm. who, um, you know, at one point, I think in the original, um, uh, what's the movie I just named? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Thank you. Um, he, uh, he actually has to ask for help to escape being arrested. Mm. He's shouting, Joseph, Joseph! And then uh, Joseph makes him disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um... The limits of... Yeah. Whereas, like, the angels in, um... 
his dark materials yeah. are like a just a completely different beast. Like they're, mm-hmm. a, for one thing, deeply in love with each other and have this very kind of removed, dangerous, very ethereal quality that's very... It's very different. Anyway, I just found it very interesting. I felt I felt closer to the second in what we're getting here. I will say, and uh, yeah. like Neil Gaiman's take on angels in a couple of versions. Oh. These very like angels who are obliged to now be people with human people problems a little bit. Not as not human people problem, but their bodies and brains seem to now work like humans. Yeah, I also love. I also love sort of from a very nerdy literary perspective. I love when. Um, angels in uh, pop culture um, maintain the biblical rule of not being able to be looked at with without people having a struggle afterwards. As a plot point. As a key plot point. As a key plot point. And apparently here's something you do, can just says, pull, and mo- pull and use. Yeah, here's what I'll do, says Tabitha. I'll use my angel bomb in this situation. <laughs> Wild solutions. Yes. Um Tabitha rolls with the punches here from the she very really beginning. Does, yeah. Wow. We're definitely in genre. We're in superhero genre now. We sure are. Anything else before we jump in, Chloe? I'm ready. Let's jump in. Let's uh, summon up some net- Netflix in our case. All right. Ryan is uh, in charge because I have my foot up after having dropped my insulated water bottle on it. Hmm. That's where we're at today, gang. Ready, right. ready for Riverdale? Yeah, Let's Netflix so Badoom in three, two, one. Badoom. Bah. That's your cue to sink. I miss the old sound. I miss it. So Pop's Chocolate Shop, that one special place. You know what I might keep an eye out for is... Um, whether or not the cars are the same in every, <laughs> in every era. Right. Set deck of nostalgic pops. Always 1940s. Always 1940s. I craved a Coke today in the worst way, and I just saw someone with a Coke on their table. <laughs> Product placement uh, is powerful. Alice, you're going to be so mad at yourself when you pop out of whatever this is your second culting your second cult well the first culting she was undercover yeah this culting she's not she's actually yeah. being controlled she seems pretty in it uh, they've okay so we're jumping back into riverdale sort of in in action there there's a sense of mm-hmm. urgency in riverdale now you know the 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 time we begin and end this episode in there is a there is a building sense of urgency that I think they achieved and underscored in a really really interesting way this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, An insane way, an absolutely <laughs> insane scaling up of stakes and breaking of reality. Just just in, just wild. Yeah. We see um, Tabitha in this uniform in different coats a lot this episode, I'm just mm. realizing as I watch her confronting <laughs> this man. Uh, this, or is he? This pseudo low rent devil. I still think he's an evil angel. Yeah, I think he's probably Satan. Like, but why is, what's, why? Riverdale's important for the soul of America or something. Oh, that's it. <laughs> We battle, battling over the heart and soul of the people and culture. Well, this is what I'm wondering if this if this is sort of a big heart and soul of America mm-hmm. kind of oh sorry gang um kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what? I mean, um, it's interesting. Yeah, but what? I enjoyed the sequence of her going to each of our uh, other main characters and encountering them already defeated, kind of. Yeah. Uh, she's and, cautioned away. Yeah. That was an interesting sequence. It is an interesting sequence. And she also, um, well, um, um, she also hasn't been told about any of the powers at this point. So she's kind of yes. going like, what exactly <laughs> am I being, or I perceive the yes, character's yes. kind of going like, what exactly am I being told? Yeah, like nobody's able to give you any realistic answer. Even here, like, Tony's not saying I'm not with you, but she is saying you've you've been directly, directly targeted. 
Yeah. It's, it's interesting information. Yeah. This was, uh, Tony's reaction to this actually kind of surprised me. I always felt mm. she's always been pretty ready to be like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I didn't get the vibe that she wouldn't throw down over this. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, hmm. Yeah, and even Veronica was a little... This is what I mean that everyone has been defeated, kind of. Oh. Except for yeah. Cheryl. I thought this... Oh, there's, fantastic. There's I will help you destroy Nana him. in her muff, in her fur hat, rather. Right, because it's so, so cold, because Cheryl's practicing and running hot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what was going on with Cheryl's outfit at first until I saw the um, breath. I loved this wild energy Cheryl's got here. I'm just working on my superpower, but as soon as I... I'll help you blow him up. Just gorgeous. Just true, yeah. true Cheryl. Kevin! You're ruined. Yeah, great jacket, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Casey Cott, you get all the villains this year. Yeah. It's a different, different work for him, I guess, in, mm -hmm. at least in this show. Uh, you know, there's a lot of value in taking your uh, sweet-faced boyish character and having him say all the horrible, just concerned things yes absolutely um this i i found this moment a little anticlimactic oh yeah i really thought i mean you really should have told her originally it seemed yeah. like she was in on it when he originally discovered his psychic powers but no yeah i which was delayed i guess for some reason. and and also i feel like she might have been more annoyed like, inevitably, mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, if we're going to take these rules and run with them, right, right, right. inevitably, I would be like, so can you, like, hear my thoughts when we're having sex? Can you hear my <laughs> thoughts, like, when I'm annoyed with you? Can mm -hmm. you hear my thoughts mm -hmm. when I'm angry? You know what I mean? How like, long have you been secretly reading my mind? Yeah. It's a real, real legitimate relationship question. Yeah. Did you raise. Did you know that I felt this way about you and didn't say anything? Like... I can only guess she's yeah. she's she's busy at the moment, and we'll get back to Jughead's poor communication skills in the future between episodes. <laughs> but the other thing that I think is frustrating about it is that there's a moment for comedy there. Mm -hmm. There's a moment for like, wait, did you hear that time where I thought this about you? Or like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, is that why you knew what my kink was? Like, there's so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. sorry to keep relating it back to sex, but like, it's let's an, be it's honest. A, it's an underutilized beat here. If I found out that my partner could read minds, that would be my first thought is like, <laughs> what do you know about me that I didn't know you knew? <sighs> anyway, this is a good tactic. I'm I guessing. very vulnerable. I feel like I've admitted <laughs> That you have, you have, se you have secrets, Chloe. Deep, I don't, deep, deep no, it's secrets not that, that I you want to hide from Jughead. No, my secret is that <laughs> I don't like it when people can see inside my head. I think that's reasonable. I'm glad yeah. you don't have to worry about that for realsies. Me too. <laughs> this took a turn. Sharp, sharp turns between science fiction and and other stories. Um, yeah. This pulling out the green book and having pops. Having an ad in it. Yeah. That, I liked that. Also, somehow telling a less racist story than the movie The Green Book. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Keeping a more focused story that stays with the black business owners and Americans and their role in safety instead of their driver. It's like a time machine. Turns out it is a time machine. You're a time machine. Yeah, you're a personal time machine. <laughs> it's, uh... I wonder how many of the things Tabitha is about to do are the things they just researched or saw the... Oh, that's interesting. The bits and bobs of, right? Man, people keep getting shot in this diner. Mm-hmm. They, they keep getting to reuse that, that cut to the outside. I did like the time bend worked that she didn't actually end up getting shot and prevented it with her tomato soup can. Yes, yes, I agree. Rather like... Hospital scene. Yeah, it also cuts out any silly like it was it all a dream of a coma dream. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, it's like her the, like, using her superpowers. Yeah, no Dorothy and Ruby slippers stuff. We're not even. Yeah, we're not even holding space for that. We're getting to the point, and Tabitha has things to do. <sighs> the green book. 
this is a really interesting story about Riverdale that we Mm. haven't, like, we've been through big swaths of Riverdale's history. We've been through what Pops is now. We've said it's historic before, but we're really showing its historic role in the community and the town in this episode in a real fresh, fresh and exciting way. Hang on, was... Raphael Jughead reading? What was what was Raphael Jughead reading? I don't know. I'll have to check what, what that bit was. What books do angels read? <laughs> I need to know the rules of these angels. This seems to be my thing. Also, I didn't I'm not notice. Jughead. I'm, I'm not Jughead. I wonder how many times they had to do that scene without either of them cracking up. <laughs> I feel like that's that is that would be. I mean, I'm not an actor, but I feel like having to say that line would make me laugh. <laughs> They do say a lot of ridiculous things in this show. I don't. It's rem- kind of a specialty now. That's true. I don't remember original Raphael in the black suit. I remember him happening, but I can't place when. Yeah. It was a real just quick drop in the bucket moment. There was some kind of a like Satan wants pops closed beat in the past That's or something, right. right? Yeah. Like we are perhaps expanding on that to some degree. Maybe. Now you're on life support. If you're my guardian angel, where have you been all my life? Yeah. I've been, I've been around. I love mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've been there. around. Didn't have to interfere during the serial killer thing. Betty had that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I accept the utter comic bookiness oh, of how rapidly they... It's, they... The, it's the book he gives her. Okay. Right, right. I feel better. They really... But she figures this all out real quick. Maybe the book's really good. I'm sorry if my cat's scratching in the background of the no gang. Mm, Distant ambient noise of Dear Pinch. Different cars. Different cars. Important distinction. Yes. Chronokinetic. I... I like... I don't know if I like... I'm intrigued by the angel also discovering these things along with her. Like, is he an immortal angel of all time and consciousness? Or is this like Raphael? He is your shadow angel, and he is as dumb as you are. Well, yeah, I mean, but also, also, if we go back to biblical rules, technically the angels don't know everything God knows. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that theological distinction, the question, there's the question of is the angel uh, a, a finger of God or a branch of God versus a distinct being. Sure. Then we get to some schisms. Yeah, he does get, he does mention the Almighty, which is like, I mean, we're definitely taking a stand on whether or not angels are just like your buddy or if there's like a God in this show. The, yeah, this is definitely the, um, the real mythology, if you will. Yeah. Like, we've had lots of mythology of this world, but this is presenting a... Okay, but uh, but this one. Yeah. Where the angels and whatever Percival is are playing this big cosmic chess game with Riverdale. That Percival Satan. Yeah. He's such... He's a low-rent Satan. <laughs> low-rent. I wonder if that's why we're getting, um... Sabrina, apparently we're getting an, a Sabrina appearance at some point this yes. season. And I wonder if she's going to be like, oh, it's my dad again. Hello, daddy. That would be a nice take, an evolution on the uh, daughter-daddy war games yeah. dynamic. And Cheryl could be like, and I thought my parents were messed up. <laughs> well, Cheryl still got a, I feel like Cheryl and Sabrina could have it out for worse parents off. It's true. Who's worse, Satan or what's his name? I mean, Cheryl has two parents. Yeah, I know. She was bad, too, but also the <laughs> the guy who shot his own son. Yeah. That was bad news. Yeah. I would say. Give Satan a run for his money. I really didn't notice this guy without the British accent at first, and nice, nice flip. Good trick. Well used. Oh, no, I really noticed him. <laughs> I found the lack of British accent quite distinct. Mm-hmm. And... Like, sensibly placed. It would be weird yes. if there was this random British cop in 1940s small town America. That feel that would really stick out to me. So I was surprised um, that uh, sundown laws were our focus. Mm-hmm. Such a big focus in the episode. I'm I'm thrilled to see it as a casually discussed historical point. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. It's, I, but uh, it, it, I'm reminded of, um, you know, a few years ago, the, the show Watchmen really brought a lot of attention to the, the um, Tulsa oh, massacres. I have seen that. Um, I've read the comic, obviously, but, or the graphic novel, rather. Um, yeah, I, I, um, sundown laws are not, I feel like probably sundown laws are undertaught, mm-hmm. um, are an undertaught piece of history. Indeed. Um, it's certainly local history, the sort of thing that would not be well, well preserved. And, uh, but a very, very, very real part of, um, Jim Crow era legislation and laws. Um, I don't know what the Canadian version of that actually looks like. That's a, a research project for me. I know there was um, there was some race-based legislation in Alberta around black immigration mm-hmm. uh, to the prairies in this era that um, I believe there was a very sternly worded, worded discouragement published to potential black uh, immigrants yeah. from the States. For any of our American listeners... Um... Canada gets around discussing its racist legacy by talking about by teaching the American one instead, basically. Yeah, we play the we're not as bad as you guys game to yeah. ignore the fact that we also had slaves and developed the template apartheid system. Yep. But yes. <laughs> uh here are very nice tangible um yeah, people fleeing this police violence. Which is largely what Jim Crow laws were validation for violence against certain yeah. certain people. Although, were sundown laws specifically Jim Crow? I'm not trying mm-hmm. to split hairs here, but were they specifically Jim Crow laws? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure if they're classed as such. They're, they're certainly from the same era. Um, I think 1870 to uh, 1965 is kind of the hundred year stretch. Um, though I'm not sure which. Of, of really, really, really specific racist law in the U.S. Um, that are clustered under Jim Crow laws. Um, sundown towns were also, it's, um, this is also a municipal thing, whereas I believe a lot of Jim Crow was statewide. Right. Um, so this is the sort of thing you might see pl- proliferating county to county, town to town. And um, I think the concept, or even the, the concept of sundown laws really comes from an older uh, lynching tradition. Um in which some set, you know, some t- it is a, a legalization of something that was already the norm in uh, many very racist white towns at the time. Uh, just adding police enforcement to an existing discrimination. Hmm. Yeah. Kevin, bad luck, buddy. <clears throat> um, also, I don't know if we'll clap eyes on her again, but I just wanted to say a very quick shout out to the beautiful brown 40s skirt suit that they put um, Vanessa Morgan in. Oh, heck yes. Very, very flattering. Yes. Looks good. Her and pseudo fangs and, and yeah. pseudo baby. Yeah, they put some good costumes on them. It looks really good. <clears throat> they, yes. they establish era and they're getting more and more nuanced. Like at this point, they have to tell me 40s from 50s, from 60s, from 70s, from 80s. That's true. You know, like from everything they've given us through the Riverdale eras. Yeah. That's actually some pretty impressive period work with costuming and set especially. That's true, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of an era in the 20th century that we haven't touched. 80s? No, no. No, we had um, the 80s with yep. the flashback episode. Alice Cooper in high school. You're right. I guess like 1900 to 1920 we don't get. Tabitha, uh, uh, Abigail. Or no, she she's, earlier. She's, she's earlier. Okay. She's earlier. She's like so we need, witch we need a good era. Warring Twenties oh. adventure, Riverdale. I guess that's another check to mark. Oh yeah, <laughs> next next musical episode, Chicago. Ah. What would it even be? <sighs> so yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know how much commentary we had to this very uh, have to add to this um, scene. I'm surprised and pleased to see on Riverdale. Uh, which is very much a race-based smuggling from the police kind of a thing that a lot of people had to do to protest illegal racist laws and still have to do. Yep. That's actually a really current thing, especially with immigration discussions. Yeah. Ugh, none of this has changed. Why doesn't it get better? 
I well, we know why. Yeah. <laughs> we know why. Um, white supremacy. That's why. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch that. Um, your eyes would start to bleed. Weaponize that that angel. I really like that. There's an angel bomb that really it's really hits me in my sweet spot. I, I like love that, that the angel just goes with it. Yeah. Like cool. Yeah. I can do that. This won't have consequences. <laughs> and she gives him this absolutely winning smile. Like, thank you, pal. I really appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so yes, we have we have 1960s Keller, who's the deputy. <clears throat> that's that's like current sheriff's dad's generation. And yeah. the generation before that was the mayor. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, by the way, I really liked how neutral this first angel was. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll go out and explode. Yeah. Whereas the subsequent two angels were a little more involved. Mm. I mean, yeah, they got a little more involved once she weaponized them. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you... yeah. Satisfying tableau. Of defeat a power structure? Yeah. I'll take like, it. Like, how do you explain that one, too? Like, what do you put in your police report? <laughs> yeah, you don't report that. <laughs> um, a big aspect of successful advocacy is humanizing the issues, and sometimes politicians are absolute idiots who need to be reminded of the real humans. I hope this would be effective. I am unclear. Yeah. If this would actually be effective. Well, in according to the rules of this story, it worked. Yes. I guess when it does come down to one dude, which it often does, mm-hmm. um, yeah, swaying them. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, that they also provide um, uh, a history for Greendale in this episode. Greendale had sundown laws. We never yes. addressed that in Sabrina. And not disconnectedly, Greendale and Seaside and that other place they mentioned all also had riots, apparently. Yeah. This, oh, I, uh, it's, it's striking that he is in a straight jacket. Yes. And has a, a British r- accent again. Ridiculous murdery Pickenses is. Oh, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Oh, that's a big deal, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, 60s hair. Yeah, 60s hair, very. And this actor we keep getting back is Pop. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a good steady gig here as young pop. Mm. <sighs> yeah. And this would be um head trip. Yeah. Uh accidentally appearing in a critical moment in history and being unable to change it. Our our, our ambulance not yours, Riverdale yeah, gang. <laughs> our ambulance not yours. Always ours. Uh, I hope I hope it's mostly ours when you're listening to these. There's a few ambulances <laughs> in your life. I really um I appreciate that that what we what we get to know about Tabitha here. And later she's saying, yeah, I was on the date debate club and I was super about murdering Hitler. Yeah. I've thought this hypothetical. I'm a nerd and I'm a righteous nerd. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a it's such a stupid question like who in yes. their right mind would be like i don't think i'd kill hitler what if it messed with the rest of time no apparently someone debated it no <laughs> under no circumstances the kevin keller's in her class no. debated it and then he's a crappy fbi guy again and yeah. so is kevin did he have a mustache in another episode when he was playing another old-timey character i'm not like sure they've shoved him in a mustache i'm before. really fixated on old-timey jughead's curly mustache oh yeah the ancient Peter, the ancient jones <laughs> mustache jedediah yeah jedediah archibald and i forget what betty's elizabeth probably mm, probably so i wonder how the interesting sorry go ahead i wonder how they're going to carry forward this um angel guide thing once we are in the future yeah, and we every- are with Tabitha on Ensemble. Is everyone going to get a crack at playing Raphael on the show except Tabitha, basically? <laughs> and then maybe there'll be a Tabitha Raphael in well, some strange episode. See, I don't actually expect that convention. I don't see it continuing or working in the contemporary time the same way. Hmm. Um, 
Joan of Arcadia is a show I'm reminded of in that rotating cast of people playing God or playing angels. But when we're in the contemporary world again and not so exclusively focused on Tabitha, like, I think it would take something else or something more to desic- to, to then just rotating cast member playing it. I, I, in, I, I feel like when we're in ensemble, they will use different tricks. Yeah. Um, they use this real broadcast, and mm-hmm. they use quite a bit of it, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, I've never actually heard the, the original broadcast before. I've heard the very end soundbite that we just heard where people yeah, people in the recording respond by screaming and crying. I love a good place and representation for public grief in television. I think there are... <laughs> So many beats of public grief that we underexplore contemporarily. Interesting. Yeah. I find that watching grief of a particular type in media, I wouldn't say it makes me uncomfortable, but it makes mm-hmm. me wonder what the motivations are. Right, right. Um, yeah, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Well, we grew up in the, in the Michael Moore documentary era, right? It's true. Yeah, like one of my of... one of the most intense memories I have are watching people watch the twin towers come down mm-hmm. on the news night after night after night after night after night replayed 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 replayed. Right. Which is different than obviously actors mm-hmm. reenacting a, a moment in history that where we didn't have cameras trained on everybody mm-hmm. in quite the same way. Right. Anyway, I appreciate the framing of um, the assassination of Martin Luther King in the same uh, uh, pivotal fixed time weight as many other Americana moments are often portrayed in in mm. time jumpy stories. Sure, yeah. um, it's an important one to to add to the canon and to see centered. Y- yeah, I don't know that it's that's interesting. I don't know mm. that it's uncentered, but I don't. Um... It's true that I've never seen it. I think I feel like of the assassinations of the um, mm-hmm. of the sixties, the Kennedy, both the Kennedy assassinations get really fixated on. Yes, and the movie Bobby, thinking of like every single yes thing that has ever been created about JFK. I would also argue it's not a, a, not a, an extraordinarily difficult conversation anymore to talk about JFK and the controversies of JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas there is a great deal of contemporary unresolved business all around Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's a really um, good point. The the mountaintop is playing next month at uh, to play playing next month down the street from us. Oh, all about that speech or the night before that speech. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacific. Oh, that's a bold show for Pacific. Okay. So it's interesting that we have. Um, some men in this crowd in Black Panther berets. Yeah. Um, also important historical beat of who's leading communities and who's speaking communities here. Yeah, no one no one names it in the show, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know if maybe they weren't allowed to, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. I don't want to stir the pot if there is no pot to stir. Yeah, I'm going to take um, it as a, we don't, have the, we don't have the chops to exactly go there in a real way. That's what mm, I'm gonna take. Yeah, that feels true. Hinting Black Panthers is a whole different game than actually trying to represent a his a very um, a historical group whose reputation is aggressively maligned by decades of systemic propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Lots of references, I feel like, very subtle references to the black church in this episode as well. Mm. Gathering, um, singing, praying. Yeah. Um, yeah, just something I noticed. That's mm-hmm. all. Um, I now know that this. this isn't... Sh- this is hysterical. Um, I was distracted a little bit by the really 60s pigtails on an extra who had two lines. Oh, yes. That. Anyway. Um, but also... Blackmailing J. Edgar Hoover. Fabulous. I would, I, I wish I had thought, would have thought of it if I was back in time. Yeah. But also, like, there's so much more you can do. But, like, who else could you blackmail? Ugh. We can really abuse this time traveling. 
Tabitha could really go wild with this after after Percival has this resolve. It's true. The other <laughs> thing that I think is fun about this is that she gets to escape this timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, she really has nothing to lose by be, suddenly being on a first-name basis with, the, with yes. the director of the FBI. It's like, I'm just going to blackmail you, and then I'm going to disappear into liminal space. Yep. You've nev- you, you'll find nothing on me. You'll see, never hear me or see me again, but I know everything. It's a it's a great power move. <sighs> and that I I got to you, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I I uh it's interesting they have a different relationship with guns, I feel like, in this episode than they generally do. Mm. Guns are um like a I Actually, I'm going to take back what I just said. Yeah. I'm going to take back what I just said because guns are actually fairly commonplace in Riverdale, but they're usually portrayed as, a, like, a big deal. Right. Well, Whereas think... this this gun is just being polished on the desk, and then Pop comes mm-hmm. out later with a gun to protect his business, and no one really thinks much of it. Right. I'm not saying that... What I find interesting about that is I think that that's still fairly commonplace in lots of places in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that in this episode, the relationship with guns feels a bit more... Casually present. Casually present, especially this moment with Kevin polishing the gun on the table. Yes. Yes. Especially um, that. Like, I don't think I've seen a character specifically do that in Riverdale before. And they're not, they're not giving us Chekhov gunshots where we focus on the gun and it's ominous. But they are building, the a, they're building a world of casual violence. I guess that's true. You know, yeah. In season one, Although the gun get, that Archie get, and Veronica Three or four guns around. that go off. Yes, and not recently. We've we in had in this episode. I mean, um, the the uh, when the serpents were nearly murdered by the police. That's true. That was a gun bearing episode as well. This is some kind of horrifying tension as well. Um, yeah, the danger and threat. I was impressed by um, that yeah. they that they sat with it, amped it up. And then let her superhero by throwing the bomb away. <laughs> well, we got a serpent jacket for a sec on somebody. Oh, yeah. In this scene. Oh. Your mission is ongoing. Hmm. And as soon as she, as soon as I was like, she, she's about to walk out of the diner, that's something bad's going to happen. Yes. I didn't know this about ketchup, how it's refilled. In restaurants. Oh, it is, yes. That is how it is refilled. Mm-hmm. You refill the little glass things, because they're way more expensive than bulk. But people expect them, and they look good on tables. That makes sense. Um, so so the back door exploded, then? Because <laughs> that looks like the same back door. Yeah. Like, all right. Now we're back to Pops Pops. I like how they've done her hair. It's really flattering for her. 1999. Yeah. That's a that's a wild jump. I had no idea where we were going there. I didn't either, and I like that they brought it um, mm-hmm. so close to contemporary that it's close. Yes. Without being the same era. At least to us. Maybe not to some, some of the kids. Some of oh, y'all kids. yeah, I guess 1999's... Before a lot of these viewers were born. I was a kid, so this is my childhood nostalgia. But this is probably a a good a good little ways before the main demographic were born. So this, you know, I, I see I see eighties nostalgia much like this feels. Yeah. This. Oh my God! Right. This is twenty three <laughs> years ago. It is. And a lot of these viewers are teenagers. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I was 10 in 1999 and this is I'm having one of those moments that people have. <laughs> I was I was intrigued that they picked um specific racist tagging to situate their era. Mm-hmm. Um I was, you know, midway through I was thinking, oh, maybe we're headed to uh the Rodney King verdict or some other major civil rights yeah. moment after the the middle 60s episode. Um and I like that instead we 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 um sat in this very mundane day in the life of um ongoing cultural uh, yes. conflicts mm. yeah Evolution. 
And this is I'm curious about what the um the the name of the this character on this baseball, baseball? card. Ambrose the Rocket Pips. Oh, he just Ambrose, said Pips. Just that's the Holy Grail. That's um I th- huh. I think I, see I think that's a little Archie character. Okay. Ambrose Pips. I'm gonna le- I'm gonna look into that. Um, yeah. Curiosity Shop. Good uh, good yeah. drop as something. Uh, Percival said he wanted to do a while ago. Like, it's tying back that, yes, this seems to be the same sort of Percival. Yeah. Well, that means that the Curiosity Shop is also present day, which means that the Holy Grail might also be in present day Riverdale. Well, she burns down the Curiosity Shop. I know, but remember he says he's going to open one? Yes. In that previous episode? So maybe he's got it back. Or, But I want to know if she still has the Holy Grail. Yeah, because she was drinking a milkshake out of it. Which, oh, that's <laughs> a sweet spot for me too. Milkshake and the Holy Grail. I'm very happy with that choice. Right <laughs> around, right around here, finding the Lance of Lodginess is where things started to get this whole new weird flavor color for me. Like this strange biblical scale. Yeah. Double down? I don't know. I that that <laughs> shop also reminds me a lot of the um the shop in Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um just even something about the street. Although I think the shop in Buffy is on like a different side of the street. It's not at the end. Mm-hmm. But it has that it has a something about this. Maybe it's just association. A, a good design of the ominous curio shop. Yeah. Um they start dropping just like some hard biblical relics here. Just, just. Do they? Lance of Lodgeness and the oh, Holy Grail yeah. are just hanging out here. Like I, mm, they really went there. went hard yes. on the the stakes of conflict here. Suddenly, they, they did go really hard. Oh, excuse me, Riverdale game. They did go really hard on the stakes. The other thing they went really hard on was like. Snapshots of American history. Yes. Which I think is Mm -hmm. interesting. I feel like Mm -hmm. I could riff on this for a really long time, and I'm probably not going to. (laughs) Also. Gives us a lot to chew on and riff on. This episode. Sorry, also. Something that shows that are set in the north of the United States often do is the bad guys or the Confederates. And I think... Mm. I think Percival's in a Union uniform. Yeah, blue uniform. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he is representing the United States of America in the massacre he did. Totally. Yeah, I just, it's... It's um, it's an important distinction from distinction what is often that, done. Like, no, like a, a very northern, like, uh, refuse... Like, I feel like similar to the way Canadians mm. teach um, American history so they um, racist American history so they don't have to teach racist Canadian history mm-hmm. I feel like northerners do a lot of offsetting on the south right right say that as someone whose family is from the north um, and they didn't do that here and mm-hmm. it's very small and very subtle maybe it doesn't mean anything but important I am pleased so, by yeah. that choice important distinction. Really, we're re- we're real casual about these, like, Sir Gawain questing through this millennia relics here. Yeah. <laughs> also, was he just he's dressed as waiting? His, but he's dressed in, uh. So he is his ancestor, right? I like he obviously did a so. murder. He he seems to have done a massacre. My names are Legion. I mean, yeah, blow out the candle and I am the dark. Also, what is that cut? I don't know. This is, um, I have to say, this scene was fun. Oh, yeah. Tabitha just being sword fighter Just having fencing skills and then just explaining it, justifying it, and kicking ass with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, but also, I'm on the superhero Tabitha train with this scene but yes but also loved the little like horror moments here if you blow out the candle mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. am the dark is actually a great line yes I'm, i don't know I'm they just... went hard on the horror this time and i love how tabitha is just so accepting of the holy grail <laughs> like oh, yes 
this is normal. I was this is normal. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more of like that looks like the cup of a carpenter from uh, Indiana Jones here, but we Mm. didn't get that, which is fine. I mean, I'm baffled that ostensibly these Christian characters have no have no response at all to the Holy Grail just popping in. There's a, there's a milkshake in the Holy Grail. I really, that really... Thank you, Aguirre Sacasa. Tickles me so hard. I love that. <laughs> mm. And does mm. that mean she's immortal now? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, different legends, different episodes, I guess. Yeah. But also Tabitha casually becoming immortal because she drank from the Holy Grail would be a great, like, later episode drop. Yeah. And, and soup can. Powerful Bing. soup can. And Jughead's <laughs> Jughead's great like, reaction. Ah! <laughs> I mean, like, fair. I feel like if someone also pulled a gun on my girlfriend mm-hmm. and she beamed him with the soup can, I would mm-hmm. get out of a bonquette in a very similar way. So now they have Hitman. I'm reminded of of specific beats of Hiram Escalation when there mm-hmm. were Hitmen, Hitmen to capture. Mm-hmm. That's a certain fighty, fighty fight time. Wouldn't putting him in I don't... Well, it's lockable. Wouldn't no? Oh, yeah. that's why. But wouldn't it? There's no air in there. Oh, it's a big freezer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's like a restaurant. Yeah, freezer. yeah. It's a it's a walk-in okay. freezer. Not we're not talking about a, a a cabinet shoving him in. Okay. Yeah, we're just we're putting him in the cold room to yeah. wake up unpleasantly. I don't know why I'm worried about him, given he just tried <laughs> to shoot Tabitha. I just it just felt very casual. Like let's just tie him up and kill him. We're worried that casual. <laughs> we're worried about Tabitha doing casual murder. We don't want that. That's reasonable. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's in keeping with her character. Yeah, she's she's doing her business much much Jack more Ed, practically. Than that. You know, Did you get doing a little casual murder. I'd I don't buy it. I don't mm. think he's done any casual murder. He's done a bit of casual like beating, beating up. <laughs> Wait, has Fangs done casual murder? Yeah, Fangs and Sweet Pea killed oh, Tall Boy in the yeah. Shenanigans episode they, in episode but, one. But it happened by accident. Yeah, st- accidental murder, still murder. No, no, I know, <laughs> but like I, but it wasn't like I'll well, just kill it. They were forcibly confi- confining him and keeping him in a bunker. I'm pretty sure that's at least murder, too. Why is Cheryl now wearing fur? It's cold? Well, she sh- is she cold? Yeah, well, she shouldn't be. It's true. Maybe, it, that, fur. maybe that pinkish fur just looks right on her, or it caught the light really nicely. Yeah. Cheryl... Our saturated reds are back, by the way. Cheryl taking this all seriously... There's something about that stakes-wise that I'm I'm delighted that yeah. Cheryl is now like an active agent on this superhero team. It's uh, yeah, I'm feeling the I'm feeling the superhero genre synergy, really really play nicely as their as their Justice League comes together. Um, around Tabitha, the the sacred blessed time traveler, also yeah. huge Umbrella Academy moment of like yeah, so the future's apocalypse guess we want to change that yeah absolutely this this is i don't know what... uh, although you know what it's not a train station it's not so a train that's something station. that's true <laughs> it is something they win that fight hmm. yeah i imagine the apocalypse that you're warning everyone about isn't a mixed uh, a fixed point in time new superheroes probably well, I mean, I don't... So, I think Riverdale just got renewed for another season. I don't know where on earth they go from here. Have the faintest. I... Problem I, for another day, I guess. I expect us to wrap up superheroism this season. I'm going to say that. I expect us to... after the apocalypse? Who knows? Oh, God. Um, what could have happened after the cult? What could have happened after the bomb? They're giving us something. Netflix has started um, trailering us for Heartstopper, and it's adorable. Just a sidebar. I watched an episode today. It is pure, pure queer fluff. Are they Irish? Fluffy, fluffy, fluff. British. They're British. Okay. They look so, Irish. Oh, fluffy. And it's it's nerdy teenagers who are actually dorky teenagers. It's very Degrassi vibes, based on this really cute webcomic. I just stumbled into this today, so I'm raving about it, because yeah. I need more, more like, gay, ba- baby gay fluff. It looks adorable. It's so adorable. A little bit YA. Like, it's, it's, I'm not the audience. 
Sure. But uh, maybe maybe you are a Riverdale game. Maybe you are. If you need some really, really cute queer fluff, the show seems to be delivering it. Um, sorry, back to Riverdale. Outside of the Netflix algorithms. Do you want to join the rugby team? I'm really distracted by the show now. Um, I, um, I don't know where, I don't, I mean, obviously I know where we're going, but. Yeah. I don't know how we're, how, I don't know how. I feel very comfortably strapped into the roller coaster now, though. I will. I guess. Like, I, I, it's very clear what type of coaster we're on. I'm anticipating the loops and, and swirls and, like, like, yeah, I know what, I know what ride we're on now. I, I guess. It's a superhero game. Yeah. I, yeah. But superhero with, with Christian additions. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to play yet. I'm, and I don't, mm, I hope it's not all ordained by God. According to the to this, I hope only that would be maybe, maybe only Tabitha is a holy warrior. Uh, maybe everyone else yeah. has adjacent superpowers. I can't wait for Tony's death goddess vengeance mother powers to manifest across dimensions. Oh yeah! Because I will be delighted if everyone else is immortal with a special trick, and then Tony is a demigod. <laughs> across time yeah that would be cool um but the other thing i don't i yeah i think the it was all preordained by god would be a weird vibe for riverdale they've like flirted with the religious edge yes but even in sabrina they've they've only transiently pulsed through sort of christian myth yeah um Anyway. I'd be shocked if it was the uh, at the core of what we're telling next, but it's clearly at the core of Tabitha's story, which okay, yeah, okay. I'm I'm excited to see how you negotiate that with the pagan pyromancer on the team, right? Yeah, like, why not? Yeah, I'm actually excited about that. Saying it out loud now, that'll be cool. Okay, so I guess that's next week, Riverdale again. I game. guess we yeah. Uh, I guess Cheryl we and Tabitha learn to get along. Something else next week. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night, Riverdale gang. Give Tony powers. Good night. Good day. Good afternoon. Top for now.